Thank you, Brother Terry. If you brought your Bibles this morning, please turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Familiar passage. We want to look at verses 5 through 11. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11. I believe the Lord would have us to think this morning about trials. I appreciate the choir singing about our trials and the grace that we have, uh, uh, God's grace that we have through those trials. And then Brother Terry singing a special grace. I appreciate him singing, him singing the songs in regards to uh, the sermon this morning. And then, uh, of course, great is thy faithfulness would really fit in with this sermon. So the Lord's working this morning in what we're singing and what he's sharing. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to share just uh, some thoughts on um, being drawn closer to God through discipline. Being drawn closer to God through discipline. And we want to look at verse 5 through verse 11. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we've had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening, for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. This morning, let's think just for a few minutes about trials, about trials. In the New Testament, the Greek word for trials means first to prove by testing. And then second, it means an event that demonstrates the genuineness of your faith in Jesus Christ and refines the quality of your spiritual life. Let me say that again. Trials, an event that demonstrates the genuineness, the sincerity, the uh, authenticity, the genuineness of your faith in Jesus Christ and refines the quality of your spiritual life. So simply put, a trial is a painful circumstance allowed by God or permitted by God, even directed by God, to change my conduct and to change my character. Let me say that. When I have a trial in my life, a painful circumstance, 
When this painful circumstance comes to me in my life, that circumstance is either directed by God, it is permitted by God, it is allowed by God for the purpose to change my conduct and my character. Now, whatever you're going through in your life this morning, the purpose of that trial is to refine your conduct and your character. Now, my conduct is what I do. That's the actions, my actions. My character is who I am. And so the point is, trials are painful circumstances allowed by God in which God uses to teach us to choose the right actions, the right conduct, that will form a godly character. Now, as you study about trials, you'll find that there are several biblical terms that are synonyms when it comes to trials. Uh, we may refer to a trial as uh, my suffering. You may say, well, I've been suffering a lot. It's a trial. You may say, well, um, uh, I've been, I'm going through a hardship or I'm going through this tribulation right now. That's a trial. I'm going through the, some chastening right now. Or I'm even going through some discipline right now. Those are synonyms in the Bible for trials. So simply put, trials are hard times that we go through. But they're just, we're just not confronted with trials just to be confronted with trials. There's a purpose behind all that we go through. And that is to change our actions and to change our conduct. Now, your trial can vary in intensity and in duration. Uh, it, it can be fast and it can be furious. Or it can, it can stretch out over months. It can stretch out over several years. Uh, we're going to be celebrating uh, the anniversary, observing, I should say, observing the anniversary of the tornado this month. And that trial uh, has stretched out. And it'll continue to stretch out for a long time. And so trials are fast and fierce, or some stretch out over months, some stretch out over years. It can be a small, irritating thing, or it can be a huge, shattering thing in our lives. But one thing for certain, everybody experiences trials. Now, make a note of this. If you're a child of God, you're going through a trial. Some, some different shapes, some different sizes. But you're going through a trial. It's the most difficult aspect in your life. Now the question is this, is it a, a physical trial? I talked, to, I talked to Helen Hines this morning and she's really going through a, a trial, a physical trial. Frida Guthrie right now is going through a physical trial. Judy, my wife, is going through a physical trial. You may be going through a physical trial with your health. It may be a relational trial. Relational. It may be economic. You may be going through an emotional trial. 
You may be going through a circumstantial trial. In other words, some circumstance that just took you by surprise and you, you didn't plan for it, you weren't expecting it, you didn't know it was coming, it just happened, and it's just a bad circumstance. You're just in a bad circumstance right now. That's trial. And so if you're jotting down notes, number one, we all go through trials. But secondly, I noticed in all of this that all of God's children are disciplined by God. Look at verse 5, if you will. And we've forgotten the exhortation, and I'll speak to that in a few minutes. We've forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourged every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, where all are partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Now as you read this text, verses 5 through 11, it's obvious the subject matter is discipline. And so what's discipline? Well, to, maybe to your surprise, the word discipline simply means to train or to instruct. It's like a parent would train a child or teach a child. And so the author of Hebrews says, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as we experience our trials, our disciplines, we should reinterpret our suffering and our adversities. We need to look at those in a different way. We, d- we don't need to look at those as a hateful God sent those, or an angry God sent those, or God is mad at me and He sent this in my life. But we need to look at those as discipline, an education time, a teaching time from God. That God's educating us in our lives, that God is training us for righteous living in our lives. Contrary to what some believe, God disciplines His children. We hear this referred to from time to time as God spanks His children. Well, does God spank His children? Well, He he does. He does it for our good. Um, I was listening to Fox News the other day, and they had four anchors on Fox News, and they got to talking about Uh, spanking their children, and only one out of the four used spanking as a form of discipline. An expert in child-rearing said, nothing good could ever come from causing a child pain. Nothing good can ever come from causing a child pain. Now, I'm aware and I'm sensitive to the horrors of child abuse, but let's just step away from the, the excess and the evil, and consider, consider the statement, nothing good could ever come from pain. Really? Nothing good can come from pain? What about the birth of a child? It's painful. And think of the good that comes from that. What about the renewal of a forest after a fire? And all of a sudden, you have a renewed forest to come up in the land. Uh, It's painful, but there's good. Nothing good can come from pain. What about salvation of mankind? Think of the pain that Jesus experienced dying on the cross for our sins. Painful, 
But good came from that. So here's the fact. That God allows and even causes pain in our lives. It's one of those tools that He uses to get stubborn sheep to go to greener pastures. To cross over. Verse 6 says, In whom the Lord loves, He disciplines, chastises. So the question is, does God spank us? You better believe God spanks us, because he, and He does it with such force that the pain will bring us to a deeper purpose that He has for us. Now, you say, well, Brother Sam, explain that. Well, you see, when God saved you, when God saved me, He started this process known as sanctification. And He'll continue this process until we die. And salvation is the only beginning of that process. And the only reason that you and I are still here is that God is still working on us. And when God gets finished working on us, then look out because we're going to be called to heaven. We're going to heaven. Now, first, we all go through trials. Secondly, all of God's children are disciplined. But don't forget, there's a warning here. Don't forget, look at verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. He says, you've forgotten. Literally, you have drawn a blank. Where have you been? You've forgotten. Verse 5 and 6. He quotes... Proverbs 3, verse 11 and 12. In the New Testament, he quotes the writer. Quotes Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. And, and by the way, this is Proverbs 3, 11 and 12 is the most frequent quoted passage in the New Testament of the Old Testament. And he says, you forgot. You forget. You've, you've forgotten. You've drawn a blank. How could you not know this? that God's going to discipline you, that God's going to teach you through your trials and through your troubles and through your hardship. God's teaching you. And then he gives some instructions. Look at verse 5. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you're rebuked of Him. You better not disregard the discipline when it comes. What's God telling me in all of this? How's my conduct supposed to change? How's my character supposed to change? God's dealing with me right now in this discipline, and I want to know what am I supposed to do with all of this. Don't disregard it. Don't take it lightly in regards to what God is doing. So the point is, when God moves you to make changes in your conduct and your character, don't take it, don't be casual about it. Don't be indifferent about it. It's very serious. Don't be sarcastic about it. Don't be blasé about it. Don't be just, uh, it doesn't matter about it. Don't be flippant, casual, or indifferent when trials come your way because trials are coming, and as they come, God is saying, I want to, tra- I want to change in some way your, your conduct or your character. So pay attention. So first we go through trials. All of God's children are disciplined. We're not to forget the exhortation. Then why does God discipline us? Why does He discipline us? Well, first of all, we're a child of His. You know, when I was growing up, 
My dad disciplined me. Ben Hip lived next door, and he never laid a hand on him. And we were in the same stuff. But all of a sudden, you know, Ben Hip wasn't a child of my father. Dad made sure that I was disciplined. And that's the way God is. God's going to discipline his children because we're a child of his. When he disciplines you, he's relating to you as his own children. Not everybody is a child of God. I mean, the people who have the right and the people who have the authority to be called the children of God of God are those who have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. They are the children of God. John 1 verse 12 says it this way, As many as received Him, Jesus, to them He gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. And so unless you've trusted Jesus Christ, you're not a child of God, regardless what Oprah might say. So if you've rejected Jesus Christ in your life, you're not a child of God, you're a child of the devil. Think on that for a while. How frightening could that be? And I pray today that you'll receive Christ through repentance and faith and become a child of God. But according to God's word, look at uh, Hebrews, look at verse 8. But if you be without chastisement, it's coming to all of his children, but if you be without it, whereof all are partakers, then your King James says bastards, the others say illegitimate and not sons. And so if you're living a sinful life, if you're in sin and you refuse to repent and turn back to God and chastisement comes to you in your life and you disregard that and you're flipping about that chastisement in your life, then God will deal with you in a more harsher way. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ, He'll let you continue in your sin. Not that judgment's not coming one day, but chastisement is for His children. So if you're without discipline, where all are partakers, then you're illegitimate child of God. The word illegitimate there simply means son of a concubine, which simply means your father's not God. Your father's someone else. Spiritually speaking, you don't have God as your father. So why does God discipline His children? Simply because, first, we belong to Him, and secondly, He loves us. Parents, you discipline your children because you love them. You don't let them play in the street because you love them. You watch them constantly because you love them. And then if they misbehave, you'll discipline them. So the motivation for God allowing you to go through a tough time right now, it's not out of meanness and anger and hatred, but it's out of love. His eyes are upon you. He's he's watching you. He loves you with a biblical love. He loves you with a love that's willing to take you through a valley, whatever valley that is, to to the mountaintop. But God will discipline you if you're a child of His. But He will never discipline you in anger, but just simply out of love. So why does God discipline? We belong to Him. He loves us. And then he wants us to be holy. Look at verse 11. I'm finishing up. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, 
but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. God wants us to bring us back into that walk with him, into that righteous walk with him. So please remember that trial, whatever it is, whatever synonym you call it, hard time, rough time, whatever that trial is that you're going through this very moment was allowed by God, permitted by God, perhaps may have been even directed by God to change your conduct and to change your character. And God uses those trials to teach us to choose right activities, right conduct that will form a godly character in our lives. So God's discipline is for our good to draw us close to Him. I don't know what you're going through in your life right now, but look at it very close and say, God, where is it in my life that you want to change my character or change my conduct or change my character? And God will speak to you about it, and He'll bring you through whatever you're going through. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you and thank you for an opportunity we've had just to look at a very important subject in your word that's often um, not considered. And that is uh, discipline, your discipline of your children. Help us to be mindful today that when trials come to us in our life that we would evaluate our spiritual condition before you. And those uh, areas that you're trying to change our actions you're trying to change, the behavior you're trying to change in us. I pray, Lord, that we would be aware of those areas and that we would repent and that we would be drawn closer to you in these difficult times. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do for us, Lord, as we commit ourselves to you, to follow you, and to live for you. Thank you, Lord, that you love us enough to discipline us. Thank you that you love us enough to convict us of our sin. Help us not to be hard-hearted. Help us not to be stiff-necked. But help us, Lord, to turn to you when we've walked away. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Terry's gone. Well, again, I want to thank you for viewing our worship service. If you'd like to know how you could come to know Christ, as your personal Lord and Savior, please feel free to contact our church at the address listed. We also encourage you to visit our website. Thank you, and may God bless you.